Desert. I'm wandering. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I had a good streak. Welcome, my young apprentice. Stretch out with your feelings. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Welcome to Rogue Support, a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast. We are your hosts, Dizzard, Omnis, and Figure Guns. Our goal as a cast is to give you that support you need for your gaming needs, whether that be tactics, supplies, hobby ideas, or just friendly banter. If you enjoy what you're listening to, be sure to leave a review and let us know how we are doing as well. Come join our Discord. The link will be in the description. Now open those blast doors and let's get on with the show. Um... I want to say something real quick because I have been listening to some other podcasts and I think this is like the second week in a row Zion's Finest has given us a shout out. So I figured it's be who of us to give them a shout out in return. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, if you are looking for more Shatterpoint content, go check out Zion's Finest. It's done with uh, the only person I could truly remember their name is Sam Sweden because he's so sweet. Um, but Sam is pretty, awesome. <laughs> Sam, awesome pretty sweet. Uh, but yeah, check out Zion's Finest. They are great and helping out the community and all sorts of stuff. So let's get on with it. Rogue's Cantina. Let's start with Omnis. Well, right now I'm sipping on Elysian Super Fuzz Blood Orange Pale Ale. Not an IPA. <laughs> Breaking my rules. But this one's this one's a really solid <laughs> pale, so I That's usually... Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a go to for me and just kind of relaxing. It's pretty warm in the Pacific Northwest right now, so I'm just happy for a cold beverage. Um, uh, painting wise, um, I am basically done with my fifth brother. Um, pretty happy. I don't know if I can, like come through on the, but hand I like it. how the hand behind it. Like hold it up, put your hand behind it. Yeah, usually works. Um, I don't know. Well. I like how I got the kind of shininess of the armor and was like a little more of a gray tone for the uh, for the cloth underneath. Um, his face didn't quite turn out the color that I wanted, and I'm a little worried about how many times I should put paint on the face and like potentially lose those details. And then I'm also working on Obi, but uh, he's not quite not quite ready. Um, uh, playing wise, I did not get to play this weekend because we had the the MCP LVO qualifier at Mox, so. No Shatterpoint Saturday, um, but I was there. I did see, like, the person who got second place, Polly, he spent all of his MCP winnings on uh, Shatterpoint models. <laughs> so he was leaving with, like, uh, I think he had, like, a high ground box. And then I think, like, the – no, it wasn't high ground. It was uh, it was the, the Vader Obi box. Um, and then I think um, uh, the the Inquisitors and then something else. Um but so I thought, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but uh, I, my last thing I've been testing was uh, New Vader, trying to finally get some get some time with him on the table. Um, he is interesting, and I, I've gained some newfound respect for just how much damage he can put out, and how much he can facilitate a team putting out damage. So if you're if you're thinking about if you if you're like if you like Shatterpoint and you like Star Wars but you want to play something a bit more aggressive, I do think that Vader is probably the the character that might fit the bill as far as like making a team work for it. But I think it's going to be a little restricted. 
There's a lot of pointing yeah. going on. <laughs> no, he was he was doing double horns. He was rocking on. Oh, I we were I rocking out. We were rocking the, out to I, Vader. I was like, <laughs> I, just, I saw this <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> I did not see the other part of the hair. So fair. I was like, what's going on? Um, you got to put that more like over. There we go. Um, but yeah, Vader's Vader's cool. I think you you do really have to build a team around it. You're going to lean towards more melee oriented characters than the characters who want to do the the ranged effects. Um, I did have some problems with Vader's mobility a couple of times, just because you were like, oh, well, he's got to get out of engagement, but then when he moves like one dash he's still engaged by someone else for like where he wants to go and so i found his speed a little bit difficult and i was really kind of wishing that he had to jump so i think <laughs> kind of managing that with your overall list um but he the, the the bonus damage from his vader's speed and then the extra dice and then like what he does to other people's math if you want to play something more aggressive i feel like he's the way to go so i don't that's what i, I don't doing. disagree I think Vader's awesome. He's fun. Sam, what you got? I don't think it's even aggressive. I think it just like evens everything out. Sure, you'll do more damage, but you'll also hit more pushes and things like that. I am drinking from Divine Barrel in Charlotte. Going together. It's a Berliner Weiss. Also blood orange, but Ooh. blood orange, guava, pineapple. So we're, uh, sounds fancy. we're continuing to have a, a summer of... Uh, <laughs> sweet drinks for our shows over oh, here uh, as for what i've been playing would anyone like to guess vader obi obi i have been playing obi-wan still playing obi annie <laughs> actually i i'm in the same camp i didn't get a game this week because my uh cosmic ghost writer screwed up my uh practice and podcasting <laughs> schedule by uh coming out and needing <laughs> to get hobbied up and then uh so that's where most of my hobby time went and then uh, put them on the table a couple of times last week, too. So I did not prioritize my Shatterpoint play this week. I did other things instead. That's fine. I did hear I that guess. my store is going to have the um, <laughs> their, uh, their event scheduled for next month where we'll get the, the shiny promos. Nice. I, I nice. need my mall promo. <gasps> Sorry I said it. What would you say? I said the word I'm not supposed to say. I already lost. <laughs> oh my god! How far did we say, get? We got uh, seven. So you're saying that you seven minutes in. So you're saying that you've already acquired a high ground terrain set and painted it. No, I didn't do either of those things. Our patron Bojo uh, initiated this, and so I feel like we should respect his wishes. And... We should. What's I mean, there was never was a punishment given though for when it does happen. Oh, it was. It's, you have to announce the high ground set. <laughs> you should get the high ground set <laughs> <laughs> and make it impossible for me to find. Uh, okay. Uh, anyways, <laughs> as far as stuff that I've been doing, I have been playing He Who Should Not Be Named and um, trying to help with Lumi actually, which is fun. Interesting. It's, um, it's a cool pairing. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. Lumi's super defensive, and I'm really kind of leaning towards Lumi is probably one of the best, if not the best, identity in the game. I know I'm being very hot-taking and hyperbolic here, but I actually stand by this. I don't think that's a hot take. I, I mean, I haven't played her yet. I've been trying to go 
kind yeah. of step by step. But uh, I think she looks really good. I think she could be a like a staple, um, like a like a pillar of the game sort of character. And so I don't I don't think that's weird. Are you playing the two primaries with all mandos? Uh, yeah, I am. No, I am playing the one who can't be named. Lumi, Bo, and Super. We know the primaries. Yeah. And then, yeah, Bo and Super is with Lumi. And then, what did I put in Maul? Oh, uh, Django and Brother. That's another high ground set you have to buy. <laughs> Why? You, I didn't say his name. name. I didn't yeah, say his did. name. Did I really? Oh, I can't even uh, it's, it's, it's so second nature now that it just comes out. Oh, man. You might have to go to the mall and see if they have any high ground sets for sale there. Oh, my God. You're no, I'm good. Anyways, it's a fun play pairing. If you're looking to get some Dathomirian love and Lumi, it's it's actually a really cool list, um, and it works out pretty well. And I felt like it just almost swept the table. Like it wasn't really ki- it was killing things, but it was just Lumi's Lumi's identity. Just it just you get something out of everything. Like what, whatever your opponent's either doing good in the game or they're getting their characters wounded, Lumi just gets you stuff. And it's fun. Uh, other than that, drinking Sour Monkey. Um, haven't done any painting this last week. It's been busy with finally getting into the RV. So I guess that's some big news there is we are officially in the RV and trying to figure out and work through things as there was a little short person crawling behind me trying not to get seen by the camera. That was still showing up on the camera. It was quite funny. Sam was trying to hold up the laugh. So it happens. We're just t- some, There might be some difficulties. I apologize in advance and behind. <laughs> Um, so we're, we're working through that. So let's see, what else we got? Uh, what am I wearing? My, probably my favorite Star Wars shirt now. I really love this shirt. I swear I've worn, I think I've worn this shirt on the cast more than any of the other shirts I have. Um, (laughs) yeah, I'm sorry. I need to keep track of which shirts I wear on which week so I can like, um, shuffle it around. I'm pretty sure you wore that one. Either last time or when we did something else on the side. I don't remember. I feel like I've seen that shirt recently. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit, like, did I wear it on the <laughs> last one? Or or was this the one that I wore when I was uh, doing the cast with um, with Jesse for, Fe- uh, yeah. for, not for Fierce Finest, for <laughs> Hello There? Yeah. Uh, one other thing I say that I've been doing is I recently finished um, the Darth Plagueis book. And I would honestly say it's probably my favorite like Star Wars book. And if anybody's into the Star Wars books, I would highly recommend reading it. Does it does it start with the uh the story? Like I are have you are you familiar of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> no, it starts I, I okay, it was, it's in the prologue literally, but like when like when I got the joke, kills, Sammy. Wow. Anyways, moving on. Uh Chamber of Judgment is done by Sam. What you got? <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I mean, this is like basic stuff, but uh, once per turn, once per trigger, right? So this is something that I've struggled with personally, where it's like every time I encounter a trigger, I want to do it. And if you've already used that ability, well, that's got a once per turn problem. So I don't know. How do you guys interpret the the once per turn, once per trigger? Like, is that just like, hey, no big deal. Like, I can do that. It's also one of those things where it's like, well, there are times when you can do things more than once. I like signature abilities yeah. can trigger no, multiple yeah. times. Like Vader, Vader's can trigger the, on supports multiples. 
Yeah. Yeah. But like the reactives, you know, can only be done are, are once per turn, correct? I mean, honestly, I struggle with it. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so actives are only once per turn, even if you uh, like you paid mm-hmm. for it, and then it came up on the combat tree later, you can't do it again. Uh, reactives yeah. are once per turn, and you can only do one reactive per trigger. So if I have two reactive abilities that pop from a trigger, yeah. I can only pick one of them. And then the last thing would be is... That's really just it. Like, everything else is... Um, as f- everything else is just like you get to do it, but pretty much everything you just go with the rule of thumb of you can only do it once per turn. Other than identities, if there's a trigger for an identity, you get to do it. Well, I think it's it's good that these things are limited, right? Because we have a lot of yeah. really powerful reactives and stuff in the game. Um, so I think as far as as a mechanic goes, I think it's it's a good choice to not allow the reactives to go multiple times. I think it's perfectly reasonable that they can go once, but I think it's cool that like the signature abilities and such can go multiple times because it's meant to be a, a big part of the primary and, you know, and on all honesty, it's not like we felt like primaries are overpowered or anything. In some cases, we're not even activating the primary again. So having one of their abilities mm-hmm. have a big impact on the table, you know, like say Vader or Luminara, right? Like feeling their effect constantly, I think is, um, is a is a good thing for the game overall. Uh, I think the other thing to think about too is like we talk about Vader's because this is like one of the biggest examples. This is the easiest to like trigger twice, just activate a support, and that support's going to be able to do it twice. Yeah. Um, you're still taking four damage on that support unit. Um, I did it in a game where it was like it was their last activation. They were, already had two wounds. And it was very much like they're going to go out this round. I'm just going to take all the damage on them and not care and do what I can with them. And it was beautiful. Like, it was wonderful. (laughs) I do like what Vader does to clones. (laughs) (laughs) Vader's just nasty. Uh, But I I think that covers it. Like, I don't know if we really need too much in depth with it. It's very much. yeah. I it's mean, a good so like, thing to keep track of, right, yes. as a player. And I think yeah. that it affects you in, like, you know, just building your squads as well, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, if you're going to stock yourself up with a bunch of triggers that are going to have the same event, like, even just, like, playing with two different sets of support clones, you're right there, right? You've probably got two different coordinated fire abilities that you're putting on the table, and only one of those things gets mm-hmm. to happen when you pull the trigger. Good, good, good shout out. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Speaking of shout outs, Patreon. Sam, do you want to go ahead and do Ooh, our Patreon? What a, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what a transition. <laughs> well, we'd like to thank two new patrons this week. We've got Caldeus and Slinch, which uh, I think sounds like an awesome bounty hunter's name if you just put them together. So you guys will forever be Caldeus Slinch to me. And uh, thanks for being here. I uh, really appreciate you uh, you know, coming on board as producers to the show. Thank you. If you ever got anything you want to shout at us, you know, please don't hesitate. I think, I think you guys should let us know what sort of scoundrel you are. What is Caldeus Slinch? Is it a bounty hunter? <laughs> is it a smuggler? Like, okay, but you like, two should work think... together and let us know. More of a thing what if what if one of them wants to be like bounty hunter and one wants to be a smuggler? Is it just like they get to like decide their fate by Maybe actions together? It's a 
bounty hunter smuggler that has a multiple personality disorder Ooh. and does both. Wow. I feel like we just wrote a whole story. I feel like we're writing a whole The story. fan fiction has begun. We're a fan fiction podcast. I don't know if you were aware, <laughs> but that's that's our shtick. Uh I, did, I didn't know this. <laughs> I'm for it. I'm well, for it. Sam and I weren't sure when to fill you in on... We'll invite you to the channel that uh, is the fan fiction channel in the Discord now. Is that is that why I'm I'm in the stars now? Is that all the fan fiction? <laughs> Lost me to space with... Oh, man. If you were going to write right. fan fiction, who would you write it about, Dizzard? So our main topic of this episode will be how we as players are trying to get better with our games at Shatterpoint. To be fair, I do think that this will be yeah. more of a, f- a freeform uh, conversation, just talking about what we're actively doing, uh, stuff that you should consider in your games, how do you could get better with your games at Shatterpoint. And we'll cycle throughout us all. Um, and because I like to make Omnis go first, Omnis can go first. Sure. Um the, the main one that has been on my mind is I am terrible about switching my um, stance for my primaries. And I've been doing it with Dooku so much where I start off in Force Mastery and I always forget to switch to Makashi when I want him being more defensible. Um, and I've just caught my – and I've – I've kind of forced myself to like not go back and reverse it like during my opponent's turn and just flip the stance card, even though I could have and it was my intention. And so I've, I've just been really bad at it. So it's one of the main things where I'm trying to think about it more and even maybe focus on some of the characters that should be switching them um, to kind of get myself into that practice of like, okay, I've ended my character, you know, my character's turn's about to end. I'd like to switch it. Um, is that something that you guys struggle with at all? Or do you have kind of a, like a tip for, you know, just kind of keeping that in the back of your mind as you're ending your primary's activation? So uh, I guess playing I'll... Anakin oh. and Obi-Wan. <laughs> Go ahead. Dude. Playing Anakin and Obi-Wan, uh, I would say that for me, I always try and start in the stance that I don't think is very good. And then by the end of their first activation, they're usually in the stance that I think is good and they stay there for the rest of the game. <laughs> so <laughs> this is maybe a, a, a slight gap in uh, my my Shatterpoint knowledge because of uh, how, how focused on them I've been. I really don't change I forms mean, with them very I, often. I, I feel like it's an Anakin and Obi thing, though, because it's like, unless you're playing Obi yeah. with Vader, you're probably not doing the whatever side it is. I'm blanking on it. And then Definitely. Anakin, why why would you leave murder side? <laughs> yeah. yeah his, his I, I left, I left the murder so side like twice with Anakin. <laughs> and it's so. not ended well. It's been like, all I need is like one push, and then I can't push a crit through. And so I can't even get the push. And it's like, oh, all right, just, well, that was neat. Okay, I just feel it's a casualty of the characters that you're playing, and it's like the, like yeah. these ones just don't flip. Uh, overall, though, I think it's very much one of those scenes where you're going to be rewarded with repetitions. Just like locking in, this is the primaries that I want to play, and locking that in, then I don't think anybody will be good at flipping stances and knowing when is the right stance unless you actually stick with certain primaries. Right, because I don't I don't feel a lot of need with Asajj to switch stances, right? Her yeah. Jarkai 
is top notch. And I'm happy to be in Jarkai all the time. But then it's the other characters because I, I think that might be one thing that is kind of a. And I mean, maybe it's us as still new to the game, but I have some instincts that the core set has like a lot of a weaker stance. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it kind of feels like across the board, each of them kind of has a stance that they prefer. And then as we started getting into some of the additional releases, then it became a little less obvious. And I don't know if that's good or bad. Maybe it's nice to be like, okay, you're just mostly going to be in this in this stance. And there's like a few niche situations where you might find a, a reason for the other one. Um, but it also meant that like in my initial games, I don't feel like I, I got that as part of my Shatterpoint um, rhythm or habits is to be thinking about it that much. So anyway, that's just a thing that I would like to improve personally that I think will help me in the long run. Nice. Uh, Sam, what you got? What's your first one? My first one? Uh, well, I'm still... I think that... So, really early on, we talked about how we weren't sure, like, when was the right time to wound an opposing character. That there were some yeah. times where it's like, just like dropping a wound on somebody maybe wasn't the best play. And so, what, what I'm finding is that I think that this is a kind of an evergreen learning point, at least for me as a player, where I keep coming back to that. I think I get it all figured out. And I'm like, okay, maybe maybe I do want to wound them here. And then I drop the wound on somebody and it's like, oh, I, you know what? I Maybe I didn't still. So I think that there's still a lot of times where you, 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 you want to pay attention to when you're wounding your opponent's characters. And sometimes there's just better things to, to do and be with that character than to leave somebody that... So I guess the the, the, the most recent one for me has been dealing with when the game moves away from a wounded site, but that site stays active, right? So if you basically yeah. like you reclaim this point, but then the gameplay moves away from it. Now you've got a character that you literally cannot interact with, or, you know, mo- more or less can't interact with on your opponents. And then as the game progresses, that point becomes active again. The play is all shifted to over here. Most of the fighting is on a different part of the table. And I'm looking over at the character that I decided to wound and walk away from. And it's like, well, that wasn't, Maybe that wasn't a good idea. I, I certainly didn't want to leave a babysitter on an inactive point <laughs> on a wounded character. But, you know, struggles change. Well, that and arguably, that like, I feel like it feels bad when you're chasing wounds, too. Like, it's much easier to chase, like, I just want to get a shove. Or I just want to oh, yeah. control this point. Versus I need to wound this person. Like, it feels so much better. Well, it's not even so much show. chasing it. For sure. Yeah. Like, you're not always even, like, chasing the wound. They just happen, right? Like, damage builds up. <laughs> you get enough pushes on somebody, and they're probably going to go down. <laughs> or you're playing Vader, and every attack seems to wound people. And you're like, why is that? I guess that's those three extra dice just mean that stuff dies. I was just trying to stabilize. I just wanted to get, you know, guarantee the push. <laughs> that's all I wanted. and the, But I just wanted to guarantee the push. But you're playing Savage. Like... <laughs> Uh, if I roll uh, 11 dice, I should get a crit, right? Yeah. Uh, my first yeah. one would be mobility control is king and damage is okay. It's kind of ties into what Sam's talking about, too. And um, it's more of me focusing on that. And, like, I, I do strongly think that mobility and control is king. Like, this whole he who shall not be named and Lumi list is all about mobility and control. It's very not so much let me punch you in the face with the hardest things. <laughs> it's. 
I the cannot support the self-censorship. And... <laughs> yeah, it's like, let's just make... So, for the listeners, because I can say it, he's playing Maul and Luminara, and, yeah. you know... Has a you know solid you know support you know basically you kind of have two support primaries in a lot of ways that they just kind of like support the whole roster functioning mm-hmm. and being more efficient and then you get to run like just really powerful secondaries and really powerful support units. Um, it's a it's a it's a solid team. I would totally play that. Yeah, and playing it really has me like in a mindset of I I imagine just focusing on mobility and control. And not, I need to get three damage. I need to get five damage. If it's go for those pushes, go for those, and like just try playing your games like that. And I feel I've since doing that, I've seen way more 2 0 games than the 2 2 1 games. Fair, fair. Yeah, I mean, that's my my Dooku, my Dooku Asajj is very much uh, a similar thing. It's just, it's all about. Getting people to points, doing cool things that gets multiple people to points in the same activation, or pushing multiple people off points, all of that stuff. Yeah. And oh, maybe you accidentally wound someone? You probably you wound people. <laughs> it just happens. The worst part is like when I'm playing with this mindset, when I'm playing with this mindset, I swear I wound more people than not. I like, oh I need eleven damage, I just need to shove you twice. Uh, I need three results. Uh, full house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that person's gone. <laughs> As for little, get a lot. That's what that's how it works. That's how you play the house. All right, Ominous, what's your second point here? Um, so one of the things that I'm also working on is especially in that early um first struggle and you're act making some of your first activations or you're shifting over to a point that no one's at, where do you stand? And there are some subtle things that I'm noticing, like, you know, that slim piece of terrain that's only maybe about like two inches wide um, that, you know, often has like the the extended pieces on top. Um, But it you can kind of perfectly fit two 40 millimeter bases on it, but you could really easily block people from that. So if you if you think about there's a ladder on one side of it, you may want to move your base just far enough onto that piece of terrain where they don't have the ability to fit someone kind of on either side of it coming up the ladder. Because you've got a place within that one inch. So finding some of those really subtle um, placement choices is something I'm trying to think about more, trying to work into my game. Cause I've, I've definitely had turns where I'm like, I'm going to move up and have cover and that's going to be my choice. But then what happens is I get engaged by one guy, lose my hunker token. So I don't have cover anyway. And then the other one shoots me and pushes me off of the point. I'm like, I would have been better to just go all the way forward and be on the other side of that piece of terrain and use that to stop the push. And it's those sort of things that I want to, I also want to improve in my gameplay and like figure out, you know, some of that more subtle placement and it's obviously going to change depending on what your opponent's bringing but that's the kind of stuff i want to figure out and kind of uh not feel like i'm just picking a spot right that doesn't have any thought into it. it's like oh i will be here right and um there was that really good article um was it like bombad tactics i believe yeah that was showing basically about how far away from the objectives you would have to be to not get pushed off of it 
Um, and I thought that was really that was a really interesting and really solid article as well. And so that's some that also kind of works into the same concept. Heck yeah, that range two bubble is big. That's a it really like, is. Yeah, surprisingly large bubble. For yeah, I <laughs> scoring for not scoring. I played for terrain. I played like four games of Shatterpoint and then like one game of MCP, and I was like, this seems so small. Like like the range one, I'm just like, oh my god, like how do I, how do you even do this, like. Uh, no closer. All right, no, Sam. No, no closer. Uh, I, I think. I think it's. Um, I lost it, Sam. But you're up next. <laughs> <laughs> I had some well, well say, but I uh, continuing it. to harp on fundamentals because that's really what I'm trying to get all figured out and locked down. Still, um, force management is a really big one, and again, this is partially because of what I'm playing. Right, I don't have Darth Vader to just like spam for an alternate resource, uh, extra dice around the table. So if I'm playing yeah. Obi and Annie, I have to manage my force because I've got big old Annie who wants all of it. And if Obi-Wan winds up with an early activation, he can very quickly eat through your force because you really do. I tend to want to uh, so uncivilized as often as he gets shot at because it just makes me feel better about everything. Three damage is a lot <laughs> to drop into a And you get to say, so uncivilized <laughs> to your opponent. Feels great. And it's fantastic. You're not allowed to say it unless uh, unless you use it. So Right, because it would be confusing. Because if I just said it, was that a kitty cat? Gizzard, are you going to introduce us to the cat or, or what? <laughs> no. I mean, <laughs> I am totally cool with us gaining a co-host that is furrier than us. Oh, somebody's a calico. What's what's your kitty Hello. name? Um, it was Gypsy, but we just call her Meow Meow because like she actually answers to it. And I tell you what, though, this cat, this cat, like I, I've never heard a cat that didn't meow. So like when she meows, it's not a meow; it's a Meh. Like that's it. Like it doesn't go past that. It's just meh. Like like she just walks around all day going meh 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 meh. Like <laughs> like it's it's she's weird. I've listened to podcasts that sound like that. That's that's fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she also purrs with her the mouth. The force open. management. <laughs> Oh, that's a weird one. <sighs> yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like too. <laughs> like, trying to go to sleep and just hear this year. Ah, <sighs> oh uh, all right. It's okay. When Force I try to go to sleep, I just hear. And this is rogue support. <laughs> quality, quality, quality content. Quality content. <laughs> it's more fun if you're here. I swear. Oh man! All right. Uh, so force management, yeah, it's a thing. Um, I mean, every right, and every squad's different. And this is something where you, I mean, you just mentioned on the last point that I had that you know more reps are helpful yeah. for getting yourself to a point where you know you're more comfortable with stuff. So it's like force management is on a squad and strike team by squad and strike team basis. Like Absolutely. every single one of those pairings is going to need different forces, and it's different for every player too. So, I mean, I know what I like to do and how I like to spend force and trying to learn or unlearn habits, good and bad. <laughs> I, I but, am. Uh, yeah, force management. I, 
kind of want to like add this to mine now, and that's um, knowing when to reserve and not reserve. Like, I think that's like something that's a really big growing pain. Because I feel there's been games that I played where I reserved, and I was like, I got completely screwed over by reserving. <laughs> like, I was just like, oh god. Yeah. Or there's games where I didn't reserve, and I was like, I definitely should have reserved this character because I got absolutely nothing. It's so, like being able to like evaluate the board state and like what am i actually getting out of this activation um and be able to do it quickly like that's that's something i think is everybody needs to focus on do you well one of the things i think people miss is the now you've reserved a character they're sitting in your reserve when it's not always obvious not every character has a really obvious point as to when you want to activate them and sometimes you just have to kind of pick that moment that gets the ball rolling so that you're not trapped into that character at the wrong time. And yeah, it's not, it's not subtle choices, but you also like can't spend forever on these decisions, right? You have to have go a little on instinct. Do you think that Lumi and playing Lumi is making you more aware of that? Do you think that it's making you better at it? Or do you think it's more important to like have that skill when you're playing Lumi? I think Lumi makes it easy because I'm just like, I don't need this character right now at this exact moment. Reserve, cool. The rest of my order deck is now just solved. Like, I know what I'm going to get next, and I can pull this ace out of the sleeve at any time I need to. Right. Yeah, there'll be certainly a lot of moments. Like, as I've had, like, okay, you, especially in Struggle 2 and Struggle 3, right? Where you're, you're like, yeah. okay, this is where the double is at. You know, you have one of those situations where I've got one that I'm kind of controlling. You've got one. Then we kind of have one that we're fighting over and it's going back and forth. And then you, you find out where the double is and it's on one that your opponent's got. And then you see the character and you're like, well, this character has this kind of like weird play that I could go for. And then it's maybe like 20% that I could take that point. Mm -hmm. But if I could get that character or that character, that would be a much better odds. But if I get characters C or D, they have zero chance. They're way too far away. They would literally be able to do nothing this round. And with Lumi, Mm -hmm. you're just like, well, why don't I just look and see if that's what I want? (laughs) (laughs) It's also very much like, like you said, like I have an option, I have a viable play, but Lumi lets you see, do you have a secondary play that's maybe better? Um, and that's that's the glory of it, and I, that's why part of her leadership, leadership, her identity is so strong. Then the game gets played, people die, get wounded. Now you're getting cool stuff on top of it. Like here, heal three. She, her identity is so good. Um, my point here would be that. I um, gremlin grabbing something. Um, man, I am out of it today. It's been a long day. Uh, okay, meh, meh, meh. <laughs> wow, um, meh. <laughs> wow, <Wild honest. laughs> All right, um, wow, meh, 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 meh. That's what she does. It drives me nuts. Oh man! Evaluating your routes and your pass to victory, Um, (laughs) and like realizing your opponent's pass to victory, and like that also ties really much into this whole reserving mechanic and everything like that is understanding what your opponent needs to score out the fastest they can on the struggle and realizing your fastest route, but also maintaining your adaptability because isn't that really kind of the whole idea behind the order deck is being able to be adaptable and make every activation count for something. 
Mm-hmm. I do think that and is that is the case, and I just I just feel like I hear a lot of talk about like RNG this, RNG that, and I've paid my my final point here. I paid more attention on the fact that like tracing back, Sam and I have talked about this countless times for MCP. Trace back where it went wrong. Um, and yes, RNG might have bit you, but what really bit you is that choice you made last cycle. Um, yep. like what really it, it bit could you be was that you were playing X Force. I'm talking about Shatterpoint here, uh, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> if I was playing X Force in Shatterpoint, I really messed up. Um, oh man, but, yeah. yeah, you're not winning. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do think that, like, when you look at the RNG and like the RNG bit me. Well, why did the RNG bite you? Well, I wasn't properly set up to have either of these flips or either of this uh, struggle to be favorable to me. Well, then you made a poor you, choice you had by me not at, setting you failed. up for <laughs> But I just think it's something that needs to be realized is like fi- like going back and tracing back where your mess up was that made RNG yeah. truly bite you. Um, and that, number one, Turns it makes the games feel you better. You control where your characters go. And so if they're all out of position, you probably fucked up somewhere there. You probably did. And that means you weren't ready for Struggle 2 when it happened. Which means you probably weren't paying attention to the scoreboard, and knowing your opponent could score out that round, uh, like it's just it's a snowball, uh, and, and it's as simple as you reserved the wrong person at the wrong time, or you chose not to reserve, or you spent one too many force to do a cool thing that didn't really pay out, and now you can't reserve somebody, and now you're stuck with Obi with no force, and he can't do anything. Um, or you reserve okay. and then you get the character you want, but realize because you reserved, you no longer have the force to do the thing anyway. That's rough. That's, that's really rough. Overall, um, I, I just think it's behoove of us as players of the Shatterpoint game to trace back where our mistake was. Um, and I've been doing this more and more, tracing it back, finding it out, and it makes the RNG feel less and less in this game. Like, I remember I was talking to Sam, like, what, maybe three weeks ago, where I was like, man, these, these struggles, bite and bite, like, keep getting screwed by the struggle, keep getting screwed by dice, this, this, this. <laughs> and now it's very much just like, okay, that's my fault. I should not have done this, like, when this happened. Um, it, make, it just makes it feel better, and it makes you feel better about the RNG elements of the game. Yeah, I mean you're just getting you're getting used to it. You're getting used to the flow of the game. You're getting used yeah. to the the way that the, this game plays. I mean, you, when you get bit by something, it's way easier to look and be like, "Hey, that was you know, I randomly got bit by that." But when it happens all the time, or if it happens every time a certain situation arises, you get to a place where you either start avoiding that situation or you can recognize when when it's going to bite you. I'm like, oh, well, and start to play around it. I agree. I concur. All right, Omna, it's your turn. Sweet. Uh, I totally had it in my head, and then we were talking about all of this stuff. Will someone, uh, will someone say something for like a minute, and I will remember what my next one was? Sam. I'll give my next one. Because mine's not really an, an on-the-table thing. Mine's a hobby. Um, I I am deathly afraid of painting OSL. And mm. I want to push myself into that territory. I got too many lightsabers on the table. 
to not have them giving off any light <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm going to try and push myself to have some sweet OSL. This is why I'm afraid. That's pretty cool. Are you? That's pretty good. Yeah, that's very tasteful. Are you gonna? Do you have like any specific plan? Are you gonna like watch some YouTube videos? Like, do you do you have someone you're gonna ask questions of? Like, how how do you plan on executing that? So the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna try to execute with an airbrush, and we're gonna see what happens. And if I don't like that, so I'm, I'm gonna do some basically like some underpainting with my airbrush. And and try to get some blue into places where I'm not going to have any other paint, like at all. So then when I come back later and do some of the other OSL work that I am going to get, at least some YouTube videos and a couple of uh, pretty experienced hobbyists to kind of give me uh, a crash course by uh, by hook or by crook. Um, yeah, that's the plan. So I'm hoping. I have a yeah. plan, Sam. Nova. What's your plan? We're going to corral Devin at a midnight paint session again. On Saturday night? And just be like, hey, we have yeah. to play in this event tomorrow. Can you? You want to do some OSL? Help us OSL all of, uh, all of Finger Guns models? It was, it was great. Last Nova, he literally pulled us. Like, he pulled us. Like, we went up to the classroom for, like, I don't know, what, three hours? Like, oh. <laughs> Good times. Do you remember what your, uh, your point was on this? Yes. Um, and honestly, this is one I think I've kind of mentioned in passing already, but um, one of my big focuses right now is figuring out what all I can do with this terrain and what things are a little bit wonky and don't quite work and what things are really cool and interesting and mentally challenging. So every time I set up a table, I'm trying to find something do something new to do with the terrain. Um, and like one example, um, I did a, I did a demo game and I did everything really diagonal and I was like, well, why don't I just stick this building here? And I was surprised how interesting this random building was that wasn't, didn't have an objective on it, but it was kind of by an objective. And I ended up using the building just to get out of engagement so that I could kind of just kind of like, if you imagine like the building is here and I'm just kind of like trying to use the building so that I don't have to move very far, get out of engagement and try to shoot Django off of this other point. Um, and I thought I was like, wow, I'm really surprised at how much this standalone building with nothing else attached to it ended up creating kind of interesting gameplay options. And I would like to really keep searching for that kind of thing. Um, because obviously I, I TO a lot of stuff from the, the from the prior games that I played, and I fully imagine that I will TO some Shatterpoint stuff. And I, I would like to be able to set up eight tables in the relatively near future and feel like I can make kind of eight different puzzles to solve um, that each kind of have their own little, you know, ins and outs of it. And I, and I would really like to get to the point that I, I feel comfortable with that. And so that's one of my big pushing myself as well. That's good. That's awesome. That's I good think for the community. That's great for you as a player. Yeah. It also helps me, I, right? I, like, because I'm prepared for more situations on the table. I'm like, oh man, I've played with a setup now with like this, and so mm-hmm. I may be less surprised than if I were just setting up the table roughly the same way every time. And you might just see things too. Like, it's not even like like oh, I'm yeah. not surprised by this. It's like oh, I know what that. I know what I can do with that because that's like, you know, setups that I've built. Well, like one thing yeah, I'm think... noticing is because my ladders are attached to my buildings, 
I'm not placing everything and then putting ladders in optimal positions. It really is kind of pulling my mind into the first part of the game is I need to look and see where all the ladders ended up because I didn't place the ladders intentionally. They're just connected to the buildings and I was positioning the buildings in interesting ways. So then I'm also mm. like, okay, where is everyone's access points? Right. And it's, it's really been a thing where like, Oh, there was an access point. I didn't notice that my opponent had, cause it was kind of blocked visually for me. And there was an access point on my side that they didn't realize I had, um, just because of where it was in true line of sight. And it's it's really pulled in at where I think if, if you're setting up everything yourself, you know where you put all those ladders. But if you walked over to a table at a tournament, you don't know where all those ladders are. And it's it's drawing my mind into both players going, here's all the ladders. Like maybe there's this step where we just go, okay, let's call out all the ladders on our side of the board and just go right here. There's a ladder, you know, just so everybody knows where all the ingress points are. And even if you don't remember, at least it you, you prevent that situation where you're like, oh, shit, you had an ingress point right there. That would have changed my whole plan, you know. Oh. Yeah. I think understanding terrain is huge in this game. Yeah. Um, from the rules to setting up tables, because we see it quite a few times now by now, where it's like, how's what's the best way to set up tables? And it's really just figure out what's not a good way to set up a table at this point. <laughs> and then don't do that. <laughs> and then don't do that. <laughs> you don't like not being able to put B1s on top of a tower? Then don't put it where an objective is going to be. Like, It just comes with learning how terrain is going to be. Um, I think, hmm, I, I do think terrain's super interesting in this game, and I do think it's, like, what you're doing is, like, something that a lot of people should do, mostly because you gotta have that terrain person for the store, because if you're just gonna have very, like, same tables, and that's not fun. I, I very much am a person that tables are part of the puzzle, like you said. It's part of the fun. And I did, uh, I also got um, one of my mats back from Lexa and I switched out, left something that was a little bit more MCP, but there's this kind of dark base map that, um, that I had that I was using for some Hydra base stuff. And I, because I knew that one was completely unmarked, so it didn't have any of the zones marked from MCP, that it would be a good one if I wanted to do something that was kind of Imperial base-ish. So I got that map back. So I might be starting to work on my second set of terrain. So I might paint another nice. couple high ground sets. And Dizzard hasn't Oof. even painted one. And so I just thought I would <laughs> remind everyone that if Dizzard cared more about his Shatterpoint community, he would work on the table. <laughs> you heard him, Dizzard. You got to move the whole RV down to tag and just pick up a high ground set. No I'm surprised he doesn't have like a table there. that like folds out of the side of the RV that's just like comes down and there's just like a shatter point set up ready to go. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> if I just like put like hidden tables around the whole entire outside? We call it the tailgate. That would be great. Uh, the, the you just show up. Yeah. You're a mobile. You're a mobile shatter point tournament wherever you go, <laughs> dude. Oh, that'd dude, be, that would be so cool. Uh, you I just think... have your own mobile Shatterpoint tournament. You just drive around the country doing Shatterpoint tournament. That would be so fucking cool. I think I think I'm out of what I'm really focusing on. So, Sam, do you have any more? Well, you know, it's not really a thing that I'm working on so much as it's it's an item that um, I'm finding to be really interesting as the game you know kind of develops and 
finds its footing where I'm seeing like basically like three different kind of themes to each, um, I mean, um, group, if you will. Right. It's like the separatists. You have a lot of force refresh abilities pretty much across the board. Yeah. And then with, uh, Republic, there's a lot going on with hunkers, given hunkers, getting hunkers, yeah. using hunkers. You're, you're just, that's, that's just a part of the kit. Hunkering down. Right. And then and there aren't as many Mandos as there are some other options, but I feel like Mandos kind of have their is own. is a hunk, literally. <laughs> uh, turned her against me. Hello there. <laughs> I'm Hunky Juan Kenobi. I think the Mandos have, you know, kind of their own theme too, where they're, they just have such incredible mobility that you're, yeah. it's almost like a, like a sub theme where you're just going to bring them in and you've got, well, like they have good action economy and they're a little more aggressive and uh, they are very mobile. Jump is, jump is not a, not a joke. Yeah. Well, I think we can move on to addressing the council boys. Or All let's right. do it. Address that. Council. How many, how many of these do we want to be doing per episode? We want to go kind of uh, on feel or what do you, yeah, let's just, let's just go by feel. Let's go by feel. Okay. So I'm going to start off. I do have one, but I want to hit a couple from the patrons first. So let's start out with an addressing the council from Bojo. Oof. What character or unit has the best damage tree relative to their type? So... This one might require looking at some stuff. Do we want to move on to another addressing the council and like have a second to think about this one? Well, I, I'm curious like, by type, like support or man. Yeah, by like. So obviously, if you were saying a primaries, like we would, there is there's no tree that's like as good as the primary trees, right? But mm. is there a support that has just such an amazing tree for the fact that it's a support or a really amazing tree for a secondary? Um, kind of in the same sense that like the um, the Magna Guard's expertise is not great by like comparison to primaries, but for a f- fucking support unit, their expertise is insane. Um, so that's that's kind of what we're thinking of here. Um, yeah. So it's uh, for their for their type of character. Who do you think has the best damage tree? Does anyone want to volunteer to go first? Yeah, I'll go I'll first. Volunteer to go first. Oh, Ooh. I, I said it first, so I go first. Um, I mm. honestly would say <laughs> Magna Guard for supports, and probably Kalani slash Kraken for secondary. No, you're not. So you're picking which one do you think is the best for the type? Not one for each. Just which one has oh. the absolute best damage tree? Oh, best damage tree. Savage. Well, not for damage specifically, but for their oh. for their dice tree, their combat tree. The combat tree is what I should be saying. Rex is really cool. <laughs> so Sam, just do yours because Desert doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> so uh, now this is very biased because I don't have a tremendous amount of experience with uh, all sorts of different secondaries in this game, but. Rex is amazing. Rex has two different trees, right? So his his tree starts with two branches, and one of them is very damage focused, and the other one is push, push, 
something cool. Oh, heels, double heels. Push, push, double heel. And uh, I think that, or sorry, shove, 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 <laughs> double heel. That's his, those are his first three steps. His next one is a damage and a pin. Which I, I think that's really good because now you're double out of position. Rex just got some, some sweet heels on himself and then uh, got you stuck where you're at. His other tree, the top tree, is a double damage, double damage, damage expose, and then a damage and a push. So he, he's got lots of, lots of options. His last one is a damage and a reposition. So if you go the full tree, which is only five steps, so it's not a particularly long tree, but you've got options between the top and the bottom. I wish you could switch back and forth. I wish it had all those like diagonal ones like, like Dooku's got, but I'll take this. I don't know. Kalani is a really good tree for what that's worth. In my opinion, I think that Kalani's tree is pretty darn silly. So you weren't too far off when you said Kalani. I think Dizzard was kind of hinting at this already, but I think I'm going to go with Magna Guard still. Like, it's not just their expertise, but having double push yeah. for, a, for a support unit right off the bat, and then they can go into a disarm or a reposition... And they're at five damage with three successes. That's just yeah. an insane combat tree in my mind. And so, um, yeah, that's where I land on that one. But so um, not primaries, right? Should we move on to the next one? Wait, we're saying not. I got one. I got one. We're not not primaries, right? No, it can, be, can, I, it, can be. a primary. It just has to be the best for their type. Like. Other. We're trying to say which has the best combat tree, but you have to factor in the fact that it's not evaluating a combat tree solely based on its stats, because otherwise you'd only pick primaries, right? Yeah. So it's it's it could be a primary, but a secondary could have an insane tree for a secondary. I think I think Mother has a really solid tree on both sides. She's got double push and oh, damage wanna, for two results. That's fair. Okay, we won't go. We won't we'll go under Unre- unreleased stuff. I'm sorry. I was just looking at everything on Point Break, um, and I just fair, fair. I'm gonna stick with okay, Kalani. Okay. I'm gonna stick with Kalani. Yeah, yeah. And Kalani's got, got a solid. got a really solid tree. All right. What's next? Okay. Um, uh, addressing the council from Spencer: Are primaries, secondaries, or support units the most impactful on the tabletop? And I think this is an interesting one because obviously it varies a little bit. Like depending on what you play, it it could shift. My instinct is to say secondary. Mind you, I play Bo and Django a lot, and they're insane. And so I feel like they're they're just always doing really really crazy important stuff. Um, what do you guys think? What's what's the most impactful unit type? I would say secondary because a lot of times secondary dictates your supports. A lot of times. Not all the time. Just a lot of times. So not only are they dictating your roster building, but they also just are typically a big presence on the board um, and helping people move. So I would I'd, I'd have to say secondaries. Okay. Sam? Play clone, so it's got to be secondaries for me, right? No, so we're all we're all we're all on the secondary tree. All I right, mean, I was not uh, expecting that. 
so I, I mean, we touched on this kind of on the last show. Like we did like a segment on this kind of, and my my statement then was supports, and I do still kind of stand by that because I, it's two bodies. You're getting you know basically like two kind of discounted activations, two two minis activating instead of just one, like you're getting for most other activations in the game. And I think that that's not to be underrated. But yeah. the repositioning, putting primaries where you need them to be, like that's really like what your secondaries are pulling off more often than not. And I'm again, a little bit king. biased because of Obi Wan's knowledge and defense, letting me scoot and boot scoot around the board like all over the place is a really good feeling. And so um, I feel like that makes my secondaries that are adding even more movement like feel less valuable. And I'm thinking that maybe even like my my crummy little clones are actually like still pushing a lot of what the roster does, what, what, what the strike teams are doing. All right. Well, let's do one more for this episode. And this one is from Amon, both guest host and patron and super bro. Um, if you were a Sith apprentice and got the chance to have a one hour <laughs> conversation with a legendary Sith Lord, Hmm. Who would it be, and what would you talk about? No repeat answers. I feel like Sam should have the privilege of going first, as <laughs> Dizzard and I are more Sithly that, uh, you know, we, we don't want to give the, the Jedi too hard of a time with this well, question. I'm trying to... I could have sworn we answered this on our own, so we wouldn't have the same answer. I'm trying to find it. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> yeah, you. I think you responded immediately, but we, we let Sam go first. Yeah, I, I, really I could probably have like seven chat. Sith Lords. <laughs> you jumped out and you were like Palpatine in the chat. You were like, I'm going Sidious. So fuck all of you guys. Um, no, I think that I would want to just have a chat with Anakin to try and get him back on the, the oh. light side. He would, he would be my choice. We'd just hang out with Vader. And That's not the point. Be a good guy again. The point is power and trying to better yourself. <laughs> Uh, clouds your clouds your thinking. <laughs> God, we should not have let him go first. That was awful. Come on, that was. Terrible. We're sorry if that was a disappointment. Um, that was. Oh, that was. I don't. I don't feel it. Dizzard, can you can you save us after that Jedi nonsense? Well, I was trying to find what I had said before, but I'm just going to go off the cuff here. Um, probably Plagueis, to be honest. Especially after that was the intention, hook, like is to go off the cuff. I know, but I, I, I like having it prepped. Um, but probably Plagueis, to be honest. Um, just super wise. Plagueis the wise, right? Um, I it's, I mean, like, let's think about it. Plagueis is the whole reason why Sidious is even a thing. Um, so if anybody says Sidious is a badass and, like, super smart and all that, it's Plagueis manufactured it all. And Sidious would not be a theme without Plagueis. Is Sidious even like his own person? I mean, I've always kind of like, I have never gotten into the lore of all of that on on my own. But like, isn't he? Yeah, like... Sidious is his own person. He's a he's a Naboo person. He's from Naboo. Okay. The Sidious from like sequel was like him cloning himself, essentially, kind of. Yeah, that's the easiest way to put it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> easiest way to put it yes he's clones let's just go with that um but basically 
TLDR, Plagueis found Sidious, trained him. Sidious kills Plagueis. And Sidious is like basically working all the strings in the background. And the whole plan was right, going but... to be Sidious was going to get Supreme Chancellor and name Plagueis his right-hand man. But then he killed Plagueis. But if if Plagueis had set everything in motion that like the Emperor was trying to set in motion in the the, la, the last Jedi or whatever, Rise of it's Skywalker, the, yeah. whatever it's called, yeah, like if he if he struck down Plagueis, wouldn't wouldn't Plagueis like basically have possessed him? And so that's what I meant when I said like he's that, okay. So that so you could talk about the whole trans, the essence transfer of dark sure. force stuff. So essence transfer basically was lost millions and millions, not millions, but like basically years and years ago. It's ancient Sith technology, ancient Sith techniques that nobody knows how to do anymore. Essentially, that's like older. So they didn't stuff. figure it out. They no, didn't they didn't figure, figure out essence transfer. Got it. Supposedly, I think, I think, I think with like sequel trilogy, they were trying to say Palpatine had to figure it out, and he was essencing transferring into his clones. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that was ever actually like said anywhere. All right. Well, my answer, um, I there was a part of me that wanted to go with some of the stuff that's probably not canon anymore, <laughs> um, yeah. but I decided that I would go on the side of canon, and I think in big part this is because of Tales of the Jedi, but I would really like to have a conversation with Dooku, because I think his transition to the dark side of like realizing how the Jedi are failing but then also being manipulated by Sidious and then realizing it right before he dies that he has been intended to be replaced for a long time, um, I think would just make for a really interesting conversation about like how would he do things differently, um, factoring in all of this stuff because he's clearly been one who's recognized the problems in a lot of different things. Um, so I, I just think Dooku would be a really thoughtful Sith Lord where, like, if you could have a chat with him, he would have really extensive thoughts about everything that happened. So Yeah. I'm, well, I, uh, I think that's probably enough ATCs for this episode. Um, Dizzard, do you have any final thoughts before we close things out? I, I do want to say I just appreciate the patrons throwing out the, the ATCs. I do have one ready and waiting in the background as well. Um, fun little toss out for us. I kind of want to do it. Kind of want to do what? The your, yours. <laughs> I was no, let's wait on mine. Yours. I think it's. I think okay. it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 let's let's wait. Oh, we, we got we got some good ones all in right. this episode. We can. Right. We can well, I got up. I got I think I think overall it's a good episode. We um think hopefully people garnered something from this and apply these things that we've been practicing and trying to do into your games at Shatterpoint. Um, I think to close out the whole being making yourself better with Shatterpoint and all that, though, is never forget why you're here to play the game and have fun with your friends and people you're meeting for the first time. You're here to play a game. Have fun with it. Don't be a dick. It's the folks or you do, I met guess. along the way. Yeah, or you could be or a dick to play Anakin. You could do. Yeah, or you could be a dick to play Anakin. <laughs> All right, anybody else got any closing thoughts? Thank you. Um, one thing I'm trying to keep in mind for myself is part of the fun of a new game is kind of experiencing all the stuff and seeing what works and what doesn't, and to take my time with it because 
it does go away at a certain point. Like that, that, that feeling does go away and you're like, Oh, I've played a little bit of everything. And I'm reminding myself like, Hey, take, take your time with it. Enjoy this part of a new game and you don't have to rush it. Like just en- enjoy the new game feeling. Yeah. All right. With that, Sam, you want to close us out? You're supposed to close us out tonight. Oh, crap. I'm I the one closing this out. out. The most like Star Wars thing you can do is forget like you're the one closing us out. <laughs> Get frozen in carbonite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's been a rough day. Uh, nah. Everyone, have a, have a wonderful time. <laughs> and Later, nerds. Stretch out with your feelings. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. (laughs) 